Hello and welcome to Beyond the Screen, the show where we talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. Movies, TV shows, I talk about video games, I talk about comic books, and, and all that fun stuff, and, and regular books, whatever we're talking about. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Sean, and I am joined, again, as always, but most of the time, almost always, uh, Mike. Mike, how's it going? It's going pretty well, Sean. Just another week. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, and we are joined. But, oh, you want to do it? But uh, we have a special guest with us. One of our first guests, to be honest. Uh, he's a cool dude, and he's in. He's gonna be in the Shimoda, I'm pretty soon. Uh, he's my boy from Wisconsin. He's my boy, Robert Parker. Oh, hello, hello. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Like, seriously, it's a massive honor. Uh, Listen to the whole feed, so I'm very glad to be on. No problem. We're excited to have you. And I'm going to start this off right away because, Mike, Robert, before we did this, I was over with uh, uh, Wade, Jay Wade at SEN After Live, and I was helping him conduct an interview with Chandru. Ah. Yeah, we talked to Chandru for a little bit, and we talked about you, Robert. <laughs> I uh-huh. asked him, I asked him what he thought of you, if he was scared of you at all. And, uh, I wanted to, he, he said that, uh, that he had watched some of your fan league stuff and that, uh, he was interested to see how you, how you played the character and that, uh, he was excited to eventually, you know, eventually he thought that if both of you guys kept winning, that you guys would, would have an explosive match eventually. Uh, so I wanted to, I wanted to raise that same question to you, Robert. Is Chandru in, in your sights as a, as a target? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, everybody in the IG is. Everybody is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Chandru is one of the top dogs right now. I mean, well, since Rachel stepped away, you have Smets as the champion in IG. Uh, Mike is kind of up in the air right now. Mara's mm-hmm. up in the air right now. Uh, Chandru has great record. Uh, he's super knowledgeable. I mean, he played a perfect accuracy game against Hannah recently. So yeah, yeah. Chandru is one of the top dogs in that division. And to be the best, you have to beat the best. And yeah. since I want to be the best, I would not be surprised if I have to play Chandra down the line, and I would absolutely be looking forward to that match. I would be too. I, I think that would be a really fun match to watch. So yes, uh, I did it. I did what I wanted to do. I wanted to ask Robert that question. All right, that's the show, guys. Thanks for listening. No. Um, <laughs> uh, how have you guys' weeks been? I don't know. This seems chill. Like I, I, I don't know. How, how's it going, Mike? <laughs> oh, it's it's uh. So I made a goal last week to try to watch more stuff because I tend to get distracted because I have things going on around our house to be uh safe and clean, so I have to keep up with that, and I need to squeeze in time to watch stuff. Uh, so I try to do a show and two movies from each platform that I have. I only got up to two movies from Amazon Prime, a show on Hulu, and a movie from Netflix. Oh. So I got... That's not quite a lot, though. Yeah. I got I got pretty far in it. Like, I was trying to... <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, I... Started off on Amazon Prime, Prime Video, and I watched uh, the Silent and uh, Jane Silent Bob reboot, which was on Amazon Prime now. Uh, that film okay. is, if you're a fan of those films, 
that's a massive uh uh film for you to, to enjoy. It has a lot of cameos from all all the previous films. It cuts to all the gags and all that stuff. It's it's good. Um it's very meta and self-aware because Ken Smith plays himself and Silent Bob. Mm-hmm. So, so um it was good. I it had a deep message at the end too with Ben Affleck of course. God damn it from Chase Amy. <laughs> uh I love that guy. Uh I yeah, the other one I watched was was it Method in the Madness? The Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's the the one with not Silent Bob, but the guy who plays Jay, what's his name? Yeah. Jason uh, Muse. Jason Muse, yeah. that's yeah, it. That was his Boom. There we there we go, Mike. <laughs> well, we I don't play in single. Compete in the showdown, Mike. We got this. Come on, how hard can it be? (laughs) Um, Yeah, because both these films are on Amazon Prime, so uh, I I end up watching that afterwards. And first, first directorial debut. It's not bad. It's Mm -hmm. it's a film, but not so much a high caliber film compared to Kevin Smith. Um, If you look up like the trivia bits about it, you know the history of it, like. Of course, we know Roxy Stryer's in it. She yes. has a cameo bit. You know, she plays a bit as a news reporter for 24-hour 7 news. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you notice a little... I nitpick a lot because I notice like, little things like the news reporters on there don't have like an earpiece, but like, this just in. They put a finger to the ear like, this just in. We got uh-huh. news. And it's like, you have no earpiece in there, motherfucker. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> um, so it takes place in LA, of course, but they filmed in the UK. So the difference between landscapes is so different. Like uh-huh. you see Jason Muse drive a right hand, uh, a right hand car. Uh-huh. So, so I, can you get a right hand car in, in LA? Like, can you drive that? Uh-huh. Can <laughs> I don't you? know. Can you? It's like, it's like, it's, it's inconsistent in the film. Uh, it is weird because it's Jason Muse trying to be like, I, I, I would be like method. And he reads a book about being a method actor. He goes really deep into it and becomes like this crazy psychopath. And it's just balls to the wall. Like it has a bunch of cameos in it. Like the other film, I would say Jason, uh, Jason about reboot is a little bit better than this one, but it's a good effort from Jason Muse. So if he does another film, it could be better. I have a question. Talking about the right-handed cars, what's that movie? I, I I almost want to say it's a national treasure movie, but I'm not sure. Where they're like, "Get in, I'll drive," and the dude slides in the left-hand seat and puts his hands up to grab the wheel, and there's nothing there because they're in England. I think it's National Treasure. That is too. National Treasure. Yeah, that's yeah. the first one. I think. Oh, is it the first one? I think so. Okay. It's one of the two. I remember. That's for yeah, sure. It's, one it's definitely of one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> that, that joke has been made in so many movies. Recently, it's been made in Men in Black International. Yeah, but does that movie really exist? It does. It does. <laughs> it I've does. seen it. Are you sure? Yeah, I do too. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, like they, they, they go into a car and like Tessa Thompson's like, I want to drive. And they walk in. It's like, oops, I am not driving. Yeah, but it's not Nick Cage doing it, so does it really matter? True, true. It's, it's definitely <laughs> does he a Nick say, Cage. Like, some really cheesy line like "We're in England" or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> he does. I really want um, a third one so bad. You don't understand. Nick, yeah, <laughs> so I know. Dumb, but it would be great. I think they're doing one, aren't they? 
Yeah, I think there was a report about I that. I hope but... so. There was also a rumor that they were going to do a series on Disney Plus about it, but I don't that know would... if that's happening. Oh, that I... would be good. Yeah, I'd rather have a series. I want them to steal everything. So... Be... <laughs> like every episode, they're stealing something different. Exactly, right? It's a new adventure. Yeah. <laughs> new adventure. Uh, so I hopped into Hulu and actually finally, after a couple of months, saw High Fidelity with uh, oh. Zoe Kravitz. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It, it is such a good show. Oh my god! I've so I read I've have not read the book, but I've seen the original film, which is actually twenty years old now. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, two thousand. Um, I need to watch it again. But this show is so good. It has um, it's it breaks the fourth wall because the character talks about music and her relationships and breakups mm-hmm. throughout the whole show, and it shows that she'll show. Like uh, her relationship with one character, and she owns a record shop. And they, it's all about music. And one of the cool things about the show is that the music supervisor on the show is Questlove from The Tonight Show, The Roots. Oh, okay. So he's got great taste in music, and he's got like yeah. it, like, like all the music lines up so well with what's going on on the screen. It's like ah, um, it's fuck. I want a second season, if it's possible. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. I just, I fell in love with it. It was so good. The story was so good. And Zoe Kravitz is just a hot piece of ass. <laughs> that's a way to phrase it. <laughs> I'm not sure that's how I would have phrased it. But I mean, she's, yeah. And she's and you do, great, she's you a do see, she's a great actor. Yeah. yeah she, she, she acts, but you do see a little bit of, a little, Side action. No, <laughs> um, so it's be- a great. Hang on. Yeah, sure. Okay, I wanted before I said something really dumb. I was like, she's gonna be Catwoman in Batman. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. I, 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 for a second, I was like, I don't want to say it until <laughs> until it's no. Until we I we all know, know this. Uh, we all know right. this. But right. no. Anyways, yeah, she. The story's great. It's actually great how they adapt the book and the movie into a show. Like it's expanded in ten ten episodes, and I was like, oh wow, I'm actually. Really surprised how they expand that. It's really good. It's a different side of New York, and you just see. Ah, oh, I love it. Uh, I just recently saw the Netflix movie, which just came out. It's a comedy film with Ed Helms called Coffee and Cream. Coffee and Cream with Ed uh, Helms. I'm not gonna lie. When you say the words Netflix movie, Ed Helms, Coffee and Cream. That doesn't inspire me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it, I, I might be saying it wrong. It's, it's, it's. Oh, Kareem. Coffee and Kareem. Kareem. Okay. I was going to say, I might have said okay. it wrong because it's Kareem. Because yeah. the pun, it's like coffee and Kareem. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, I, know. Mike, I got, I got the pun, Mike. <laughs> I, I got it. Um, coffee and Kareem. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. It's just so planned words. It's, uh, interesting with Ed Helms and Teresha P. Henson. Um, Betty Gilpin, uh, is in there too, from Glow. Can we talk about how The Office ruins Ed Helms at the end for a second? I just, how his character just is absolutely ruined at the end of The Office. Like, he just becomes an asshole. Can we, um, okay, I just want to. I've got to be honest, I've never seen The Office, so I can't tell you. That's why I'm so excited, I haven't seen The Office either. I'm sorry. You know what? Um, so Coffee and Kareem is actually about Ed Helms being a police officer named James Coffee. Oh my uh, god. 
<laughs> hence the title. Um, he is dating Ter- uh, Teresa B. Henson. Um, yeah, Teresa B. Henson. Teresa B. Henson. And she has a 12-year-old son named Kareem. And she, uh, he does not like him whatsoever. And so Kareem is like, and she, he's got such a potty mouth for a 12-year-old. He's like, fuck this shit. I'm going to kick his motherfucking ass. I want him out. I want him fucking my mom. It's just like... Yeah, that so he, I, that checks out for the kind of movie that this sounds like. I, <laughs> oh, yeah. The, like the, the pinnacle of comedy is when we get young children to say filthy, filthy words. Oh, yeah. It's filthy. He How is a hilarious. Fil- yeah, right? He, that is the <laughs> pinnacle of comedy. That's the funniest thing I can think of is when we get a 12 year old and we film him saying fuck this fuck that fuck you it's just the height of comedy yeah, he, his uh his character is actually pretty such a potty mouth Jesus Christ and he thinks about sex at 12 it's like dude come on and he wants to be a rapper just like it's it's set in Detroit and one thing leads to another and coffee and cream have to you know save their mom you know, uh, have to run from these bad guys. And just, it's one thing after another. It is a fun romp. There's a twist in the film and it is just crazy. There's, there's one scene, there's a car chase scene on a roundabout. Oh, <laughs> it is so funny. They just like going around. That's a roundabout. And they just going around and it's like, uh, and then Betty Gilpin is chasing one of the, uh, cars is like are we chasing them or are they chasing us <laughs> it's funny so, it's funny uh, it's different i never thought that i'd seen yeah. that before but it's funny unique yeah uh unique <laughs> it's uh it's unique it's, <laughs> it's unique um a lot of people probably not like this film but i'm one of those people who love these stupid comedies yeah uh, all the time so uh, if you watch it, you might be disappointed. You might not laugh, uh, but that's my guilty pleasure is these stupid comedies. I just, I just looked up the cast list and I was like, yeah. oh, King Batch is in this? Yep. From, from Vine? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah. It's one All of right. those films. It's one of those films. <laughs> I mean, look. I I like Ed Helms. I like Taraji B. Hen- uh, P. Henson. I uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I don't know if I'm gonna watch this anytime soon, but um, I like oh. the actors. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, and that's all I watched. To be honest, I I uh, Sean and I actually came back from our hiatus from Into the Grid, our Pottinger's podcast, to do Lightspeed Rescue, the first two episodes, which will be coming out next week and the following week. Yeah, those episodes were awesome. And yeah, I don't want to Joel in his stupid face, but, like, also, great, great, great fun recording those. God, <laughs> Mike, I just, I just want to punch Joel. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I hate him. I hate him so much. Uh, So, Robert. Yeah. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Uh, what did you What did you do this week? Uh, so I because um the Intergeekdom tournament was kind of put off, and obviously yes. the um studio closed, so there there hasn't been a lot of tapings or anything like that. So I've taken the back seat to studying a little bit, uh, okay. leading uh just because like I 
usually spend quite a bit of time rewatching Intergeekdom movies that I've already seen half a dozen times. Uh, but I decided to go on a spree this month, uh, and in this, you know, time of quarantine, just trying to watch as many, like, quote unquote classic movies that I've never seen mm-hmm. before. Uh, so in the last week, I started earlier in March, but in the last week, I've watched, uh, Casino, The Irishman, Mean Streets, Godfather 1 through 3, Donnie Brasco, mm-hmm. No Country for Old Men, Taxi Driver, and The Adventures of Tintin. All movies I had never seen before. I want to rewatch The Adventures of Tintin so badly. I saw, like, somebody posted a couple images of it uh, from yeah. it on Twitter the other day, and I was like, I gotta watch that movie again. It's good. I mean, it's definitely like lower tier Spielberg, but also a lot of what he's yeah. made is, you know, a masterpiece. So, yeah. Uh, but it's on Netflix right now. That's how I watched it. Um, so yeah, I've kind of like, like I watched, you know, Godfather one and two for the first time and like mean streets and all this stuff. So no, no country for all, but like, I've just been watching a lot of like really highly acclaimed movies that I just happened to miss because I spent the last two and a half years watching yeah. IG movies. Yeah, Mike gets mad that I've never seen any classic movies, but you listed The Irishman. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's a, not a. I I'm not sure I'd call that a classic because it's no, so no, highly acclaimed though. Highly me. acclaimed though. Yeah, uh, I loved it. I really liked it. I don't. I liked what it do you a think lot. Of that? Yeah, yeah. I I'm a, I mean I'm a huge fan of like crime movies and mob movies and Scorsese in general. So it was right up my alley. Uh, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I really liked it. It went long, definitely. Like, he, he, it, you can't say that it wasn't, because it absolutely no. was. Yes, it's a very long uh, movie. Like, it didn't necessarily fly by, uh, but it definitely kept you in when it needed to. So yeah, very much enjoyable for me. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure how I was really feeling about it for the first, like, two hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair yeah for me it was like the first 45 minutes once pacino's okay. character comes in yeah. once yeah. jimmy hoffa and like once that dynamic actually starts up like the intro you know the de-aging you, know, you don't really buy in right away with yeah. de niro but like a half hour 45 minutes and once you're through that in my opinion it just really it's from there to the end it's just going does pacino come in that early because I feel like he didn't come in so. until like two hours into the movie. <laughs> May, you might be right. But, uh, I wasn't timing it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, I, I, my, my issue when I was watching it and I was getting through like the first half of it is that it felt very like almost samey to, to a lot. I was like, okay, I've seen this movie. Sure. But then it, when it kind of trans, cause I feel like that movie is about growing up in a way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's it, definitely like that theme in there for sure. Yeah, and I feel like once you get to a certain point in the movie, it's like, yeah, all this mob shit we've been doing is cool, but like everybody's fucking dying. <laughs> like it's and it being like, all right, this was fun to to show, but now let's get serious and grow up and and show like a man that just isn't able to have any relationships because of. The role yeah. that he played in life. And I, I, that was the part of the movie that I found the most fascinating. So, yeah, absolutely. His relationships with his family are definitely yes. were some of the most interesting stuff. And you don't really get into that, like, until you're right, kind of like the last half hour. But once you get into that, that is just another level that really yeah. gets into it. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. Once it, for most of the movie, I was like, all right, this is like another mob movie and it's cool and all that. But I didn't really get 
for a while I didn't really get why it needed to happen, if that makes sense. Sure. Like it, it sure, felt yeah. like we've done this, but then when the ending came, I was like, okay, this is why all important like all of this before is important because I feel like this is a kind of different movie. But um yeah, I, I really enjoyed that movie as well. <clears throat> Mike, have you seen The Irishman yet? Uh, if if I was talking about it with you guys, I would have, but I'm not yeah, talking about it. And since hence, I'm just keeping you guys, letting you keep the conversation going. Well, I was going to ask you anyways, and Mike, it's on Netflix, so, you know. I realize yeah. that. I do. You Instead of watching fucking Coffee and Kareem, <laughs> you, <laughs> you can watch The Irishman on your iPad the way Martin Scorsese intended. Uh, I, I don't have an iPad. <laughs> Um, that was a joke. Uh, uh, what else have you done this week, Robert, besides anything else besides watching those movies or have you just been dialed into the classics? Uh, yeah, I've been watching a lot of highly acclaimed stuff. Uh, I, I'm lucky enough to be working from home. Uh, so I've been busy doing that. Uh, let's see. I've been trying to catch up on my Clone Wars cause I've okay. heard the newest season is really, really good, but I wanted to go back and watch yeah. everything because i'd seen you know episodes here and there and certain storylines here and there but i've never really like sat down and watched the series you know like it, when it was on it was never something that i was really into so i've been trying to catch up my up on my clone wars i'm still only in like season two but i'm towards the end okay. of season two yeah so that show definitely got better as it went i yeah. think uh, yeah the first season is a little bit questionable but yeah i feel like that show has better arcs than it does whole like as a than it is as a whole i feel like sure certain parts of it that are really good and i mean yeah. I, i'm a really big star wars fan i i love uh i love clone wars but i also am like i don't know i don't think i buy into the hype as much as everybody else sure yeah i feel like especially when i, I rewatched it all leading up to it coming back and i was like there's some questionable stuff in here like <laughs> when it's good it's good but it, it wasn't at least for me, it wasn't all that. Yeah, um, a little bit of hit, a little bit of hit or miss. Yeah, yeah. I'm also I I've, I think I've said this on this show before. It's my most controversial take is I'm not anymore as much of a uh uh uh, uh what's the word worshiper sure. as I, I was at one point. I feel like after the Mandalorian and after actually going back and looking at who wrote episodes of the Clone Wars, I feel that Filoni is much more of a George Lucas where it's like, come up with the broad ideas and mm. let other people write them down. Uh, Cause I did not think his episode of the, of uh, the Mandalorian was the best. And I also, he, I mean, when I went back and I looked at, I don't know if I have the numbers anymore, but he only wrote like in the clone wars, he only actually himself wrote like a handful of episodes of the entire series. Uh, Oh but, yeah, of Clone. Yeah, I know what you're of Clone Wars. Yeah, but yeah, of, like, yeah. I mean, he was the overall guy. He came up with, you know, he was the 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 Picture, lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's Showrunner something. Kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that's something for me that was very similar with George Lucas. Was George Lucas came up with these fan, this fantastical world and these insane and amazing story ideas, but like when he wrote them himself, um, they weren't always doesn't always hit the same way. Yeah, let's say it doesn't always hit the same way. No, uh, I'm with you. I know where you're going. Yeah, I feel like now... Because <laughs> there was a long time where, like, the prequels where everybody was like, 
fuck the prequels. And I thought that people were going too hard on them. I've never really been a massive fan of the prequels, but there are parts of it that I enjoy. And now it's almost like I must be very careful when I talk about the prequels, because if I am too negative, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah, know. it's kind of gone the other way a little bit as time has gone by a little bit. Yes, we need to find a healthy middle balance, people. Right? Yeah, somehow. <laughs> let's, let's just be nice about it and... I telling Star Wars fans to be nice about it. What a <laughs> what, what a contradiction. What, what a, an oxymoron. What a what an idea. Uh, yeah. yeah, so anything else besides Clone Wars or is that about it? That's about all I've been doing the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I've just kind of been staying in, obviously, running when I can when the weather's nice enough. Mike knows that up here in Wisconsin it, it's trying really hard to be spring, but it's not quite over that. <laughs> yeah, it's yet. not there yet. It's not there yet. It's coming, but we get lots yeah. of rain as well, so the yep. fucking rain. God yep. damn it. I have so that's the been stuff. inside for so long. Uh, <laughs> I have oh, been inside Sean. for so long. Um, well, I live inside and like, not like, that's so weird. I live inside. Yes. Um, uh, I guess not everybody does. But, uh, I mean, I spend most of my time inside anyway, so this isn't that different than what I'd normally be doing to be quite frank. But, um, uh, like I haven't, like I, I live with my grandparents, but I haven't seen like the rest of my family in like three weeks. And I'm like, all right, I just want to leave. Um, so yeah, it's, I guess I'm finally starting to feel that quarantine thing that everybody's talking about online. Um, I try to think of what I actually did this week and I don't think I did much. I watched <laughs> the two episodes of Power Rangers with Mike. Hmm. I watched two episodes of Power Rangers last night by myself and tweeted. All about right. Them. Yes. RPM. Yes. RPM, the first two episodes. I haven't watched anything past that. Um, I watched a bit of the last Jedi yesterday just to like regain my sanity a bit. You're gonna ground yourself like a palate cleanser. Yeah, yeah, I guess like, right, I'm just, I'm gonna watch a movie that I love. Um, uh, I know that's also controversial. Uh, but, I, yeah, I'm trying to think, I'm literally just, I'm racking my brain for anything to talk about. Um, I played Kingdom Hearts 3 again. Nice. I, I love those games so much, so I just was looking for something to do, so I went through that again. I've got Final Fantasy VII Remake downloaded onto my PlayStation. Waiting. <laughs> Just waiting. I'm ready to play that, but that doesn't come out till next Friday. So I, I, I'd, I'd very much like to be playing that, but I can talk about that in like two weeks, I guess, because it'll come yeah, out. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. We'll record and then I'll play it. Um, I guess I'll probably talk about it a little bit next week because I'll have played a little bit of it before we record. Um, a little taste of it, yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 going to Netflix really quick to see if I watched anything else. I don't think so. I really think that's all I've done. Uh I've been playing a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. Nice. Uh, Have you been doing that like online through calls and stuff like that? Yes, yeah, so we we yeah. the, my friends and I uh all like I play with my friends from high school and we all scattered to the winds when uh we graduated. So we play on Roll20, which is uh a website that you can play on and we do Discord calls to for the voice and we and sure, we yeah. 20. And um, my friend started a campaign Tuesday and we've uh, been playing that. I've been planning, I'm trying to put together like a little one shot to run uh, with the people here with Mike and Sarah and, and Josh. Sure. Yeah. You know, 
That's yeah, kind I of, love D and D, but that's something I haven't done in a couple of years. Oh, it's so much fun. I I didn't start until my last year of high school was when I started to play. Uh, we used to play. We would play at lunch, which let me tell you, does not work. Uh, <laughs> it does not work to play forty minutes at a time. <laughs> no, 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 no. You need a good couple hours. Yeah, we'd sit down and we'd be like, I int- we all like get caught up on our characters, and then it's time to go. <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, I'm playing like. I'm playing a cleric slash there's a, there's a multi-classing uh I'm playing two classes and there's a new class uh called Blood Hunter which was created by Matt Mercer and um well I he created this version of the Blood Hunter I'm sure it's existed beforehand but uh cuz he just he released um his own well, well, Wizards of the Coast went th- like hired him to 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 create a source book based off of uh, Critical Role's campaign setting, um, and so that just came out, and I and I got the I got the the Blood Hunter information, and I'm playing a cleric slash Blood Hunter, which is cool. Uh, I'm pretty much just a support character. I'm just like, who needs some buffs? Yeah, who that's needs- fun to do sometimes. That's a good time. Yeah. Though. Well, the first character I played was like the most generic and boring character you can think of. It was a human fighter. So I was okay. just going around with a big sword, cutting everybody up. And so yeah. this time I was like, all right, I want to play something a little more subdued. Sure. Uh, so I'm, I'm playing just like, who wants some magic cast on them? Would yeah, you like yeah, some yeah, magic? Yeah. Would you? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking back through Netflix. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Uh yeah, so that's all I've done. I don't know anybody else got any any thing that they want to talk about before we do news stuff. All right, let's talk about the news. Uh, so this is the Josh sent this to us earlier today. Uh, we'll open with this. Uh, from the rap, AMC's credit rating downgraded by S and P with uh, recovery unlikely. So. So S&P Global on Thursday downgraded its credit rating for AMC Entertainment to triple C minus from B. And so what that means is it takes the company from highly speculative to default imminent with little prospect for recovery. Um, The quote that's included in this article is that we expect AMC Entertainment Holdings, uh, Inc.'s, uh, AMC Theaters will remain closed beyond June due to the impact of the global coronavirus pandemic. We do not believe AMC has sufficient sources of liquidity to cover its expected negative cash flows past midsummer. And, uh, yeah, so <laughs> AMC is the nation's largest cinema chain and it's drowning in debt. Uh, they reported a 5 billion plus deficit at the end of 2019 and oh losses of $149 million in the year, uh, after $110 million profit in 2018. So I don't know. Um, what happened there? That's that's massive. Uh, I don't know if this just covers their theaters or if this also includes the 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 network. Sure, the company as a whole. I would assume yeah. that's probably just the theaters. Yeah, I think it's the theater. Yeah, but I mean, while unlikely, we could raise the rating if AMC were able to secure additional liquidity without further burdening its capital structure. And if we expected the company would be able to generate substantial cash flow in 2021, this would likely require conclusive knowledge about the length of the theater closures and a view that the box office would return to normalized levels in 2021. So pretty much we'd have to know when this is ending, you know? 
Um, so it, it it really doesn't sound good. Uh, it sounds like it sounds like AMC might not uh be able to open back up again after this. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Robert, what do you, what do you think about? It? I know I, I threw a yeah. bunch of big words out there. No, no, but... no, 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 you're good. I follow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting just because like, you know, is this the end of like going to the theater to see movie? Like, yeah. it, you know, you think that and be like, Oh, you're being ridiculous. Of course it's not the end of that. But then you hear news like this and you think, Maybe that's not overreacting to say something like that, you know? Like, um, my brother-in-law works at an AMC, or did work at an yeah. AMC, and, like, that's... Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, like, you know, the real people. It's not just, you know, the corporate entity of AMC movies. Like, yeah. oh, there's yeah. definitely a lot of people who would be affected. And, you know, if AMC goes, it, it would not be out of the realm of possibility to see other chains follow suit. Yeah, the article also includes that um <clears throat> beyond like people that just work at the theaters, AMC has furloughed 600 corporate employees last week including their CEO Adam Aaron. Wow. So Yeah, so that's I I don't know. I Mike, what do you think? It's this is definitely taking a turn for the movie industry, especially with the theaters just because of this damn outbreak of this virus. Just it's uh AMC is one of the biggest ones. Uh, I do not have AMC near me, but I, I like Robert said, other cha- chains would like follow suit. Like uh, I think one nearest to me is Marcus Theaters, and those are a big chain of theaters in the Midwest. That's where I worked in high they school. They could follow suit. <laughs> yeah, they could just bankrupt and 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 then we'll have to like watch movies on our devices now just you know or on tvs just yeah. no more no more theater stuff I and mean, we talked a little about this last time about um a while ago about how movies are coming onto digital and they're doing a rental yep. thing uh like 20 bucks to rent a new release to like i, I think actually it's seen like amazon prime doing like the cinema thing it's like you could rent it for 20 bucks and you can watch it and mm-hmm. all that stuff and it might be the future now because the theaters I- are just just not you know, recouping from this damn thing. Which really sucks. You I know? know. It's, I, I, there's still a bunch of movies that I, I need to, uh, I need to watch that have been coming at digital really quickly. But like, there's something about going, and I think most people would agree that there's something about going to, the theater, you know, going to the movie theater that's different, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, like uh uh with these movies like Black Widow and the and the Marvel movies and the DC movies and the big blockbusters but not even that like I saw uncut gems in the theaters right and that's not at all a big <clears throat> a big blockbuster movie but I feel like the level of tension being in a big room with the sound like being really loud uh the amount of tension that that movie already has was just amplified from being in the theater and I don't think I would have gotten the same level of just uncomfortable tension that I did in the theater if I'd watched it at home. So it's like, I don't know. I think it's really sad. But And obviously, as as uh, Robert brought up with his brother-in-law, I mean, this affects even more than, you know, as, as movie buffs, we want to talk about, like, you know, we want to talk about it. But I want to see my movies in the theater. But, I mean, all the people that work there also, you know, 
it's a massive it's a massive industry mm-hmm. absolutely um a lot of it generates a lot of jobs but i guess we'll have to see what happens it's it's going to be it's going to be touch and go for a while learning the news but i mean it it sounds like unless they know when this is going to end they won't be able to get the money that they need to stay afloat uh we've got a couple other news stories in here that i found i'll I'll run through the stuff i've gotten and i've got anything if you guys have anything you want to talk about we can bring it up but um mike you just sent this to me ant-man 3 finds its writer with rick and morty scribe so jeff loveness a writer and co-producer on Cartoon Network's acclaimed Rick and Morty has been tapped to pen the script for the third installment of Marvel Studios' Ant-Man. I, yeah, okay, yeah. I don't, I, I don't see know. It. I can see I it. Like honestly, it, I, I guess it could, that fits. Yeah, I mean, I like the sense of humor on Rick and Morty. It's, uh, it could really match well with Ant-Man and the Wasp. I mean, um. It can go really, because Rick and Marty is a smart show and it goes in really deep into details like that. And with Ant-Man, it goes into that kind of details with like the particles and the shrinking and the large. Yes. Yeah. Especially Ant-Man and the Wasp with all the quantum stuff. Like it definitely, yeah. I mean, it like a quantum yada yada over it like a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys just add quantum to the front of everyone? Exactly. Word? Like they, they, made, they made a joke about it, but they definitely like weren't afraid to like, you know, be smart and use smart details kind of thing. Yeah, so if we have this uh, going on for the next film, it could totally be funnier with that kind of humor if he brings that humor from Rick and Morty, so. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I So Loveness is, these are some of his, um, he's known for his comedy work, having gotten his starting on Jimmy Kimmel Live. And he also worked on the Oscars, the Emmys, and the White House Correspondents' Dinner. He wrote on TBS Daniel Radcliffe's starring series, Miracle Workers. Uh, apparently, he's written comics centering around characters such as Spider-Man, Groot, and Nova as well. So I guess he's he's gotten he's done some comic work as well at Marvel. So that's an interesting interesting connection. Yeah, that's that's I I feel like. I've enjoyed the Ant-Man movies enough and, you know, Peyton Reed is still back to direct it that, like, I'm not in any, like, we need big change and this, the big change in writing is gonna bring me back to the movie. Like, I, yeah, I was gonna yeah. go see Ant-Man 3 no matter what. I, whoever wrote it, I I think that they've kind of, I've that that franchise or that uh, that sub-franchise of the bigger franchise has <laughs> uh, has kind of earned its place in, in my in my heart. So I, mm. I have no problem going and, and seeing a third Ant-Man movie, no matter who was actually writing it. Uh, speaking of writers, all right, this was the big one that I, I, uh, I have some opinions on. Um, so I'll let you guys talk about it first. Obi-Wan has a new head writer, new, I think it's just a new writer. I don't think he's the head writer. I think he's just the writer from everything that I've read. Joby Harold is the new writer on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Uh, did you guys see this news? Do you, are you guys familiar with uh, Joby Harold's other work? I am not. All right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what he did. Uh, <laughs> he did, I, That sounds like I'm telling you he's about to, like I'm about to tell I don't you, know, please. 16 cats, you know? Like, <laughs> uh, so he wrote 
Awake, which is a 2007 movie that starred Hayden Christensen and Je- Jessica Alba. I've never seen it, but it doesn't have a, it's got like a 33 on Metacritic. <laughs> and, um, I'm not sure what it's, uh, Rotten Tomatoes is. I should look, uh, but <clears throat> Awake, it's a, uh, nope, that's a television show. Okay. It's got a 24% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, he also wrote King Arthur Legend of the Sword. Ooh. Yeah. He also wrote Army of the Dead, which is the uh the Zack Snyder movie that's coming out. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he also is, I guess, tapped for a Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the usual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's he's more known as a producer though, so he exec produced on Edge of Tomorrow. Okay. So okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a pro- exec producer on My Blind Brother, which is a 2016 movie, um, I've never heard of. I have uh, either. he produced King Arthur Legend of the Sword. Oh, nice. Two he for was two. A- <laughs> two for two. He was an exec producer on Underground. So hey, maybe that's not too bad. I think that show has got like a, it's got like a good, uh, it's got good scores, so. Uh, he was an exec producer on Robin Hood. Ooh. Uh, was, wait, which? The 2018 one. Okay. The, the, um, is, that's not Taron Edgerton, is it? Who yes. Is that? Yes, it is Taron yeah, Edgerton? Okay. Yes, that one. Uh, exec producer on John Wick Chapter 3. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so my big issue is, like, you've got movies like King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, and Robin Hood in John Wick Chapter 3 that he's worked on and written for on King Arthur's uh, side. I'm not sure that's the vibe I want in an Obi-Wan TV show set after episode three, where he's supposed to be in exile, (laughs) you know, Um, they had writing before this, they had uh, uh, Hussein Amini. Uh, I probably butchered his last name. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But I mean, he, he also had a, he had some stuff on his on his um filmography that wasn't great. Like he's got Snow White and the Huntsman and mm-hmm. Forty Seven Ronin and like the Snowman, but also he wrote Drive. And he wrote uh he was nominated for a movie called The Wings of the Dove. Um he was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. So the talking online that I have seen that I guess we could talk about a little bit is um, Hussein Amini, who's an Iranian born British screenwriter and film director has been replaced by a white dude who has barely any credits to his name and not impressive credits to his name, which is a little frustrating to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as a big star Wars fan, I feel like I feel like some of the stuff more recently in terms of the movies uh, with Rise of Skywalker and Chris Terrio specifically, and then, uh, we were gonna have Benioff and Weiss doing, uh, whatever. It kind of feels like we're just, we're just handing them out to people that are like, because I, I don't know, it's, I know I'm gonna get backlash for this, but the creative, the creatives behind, uh, the Star Wars movies have been very white, uh, for the new ones. And I'd like some more diverse, uh, diverse voices behind the screen. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, uh, 
Deborah Chow is still directing the series, which is honestly the only reason I have any excitement for it at this point. After yeah. everything that's that's gone through, I really liked Deborah Chow's episodes of The Mandalorian. Um, but still, it just it's like I don't know. I feel like we've I feel like Marvel kind of gets it. I feel like Marvel has been diversifying behind the screen, maybe not as much as they should be still, but. They're getting there. They're getting there. They're getting there. And I just, I don't, I feel like Lucasfilm hasn't gotten the memo. And I don't, I don't know why. I don't know. What do you guys think about uh, this as I've kind of illuminated on the, 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 the filmographies and stuff a little bit more, Robert? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I wasn't really following a lot of the behind the scenes stuff on Obi-Wan. I think the biggest thing that the series has going for it, not only Deborah Chow, but also like, it just has hype. It's yeah. something that people have wanted for a long time. So like, you know, it doesn't need to have like the most brilliant writing in the world to impress its audience. Probably not. No, it just needs to be competent. Yeah. Um, which. Canaris for the Legend of the Sword isn't. Uh, but <laughs> at the same time, you know, you never know what else a writer or director can pull out. Yes. Like, it, as easy as it is to judge somebody based on their previous filmography, it's also just as easy to not do that. Of course. Um, but no, I'm totally with you. Like, it's definitely a show that I'm still gonna watch, I'm still gonna have hype for, and I think the general Star Wars fan base is doing as well. So I'm, I'm kinda just waiting to see how it turns out. I feel like no matter how it turns out, people are going to be excited about it and happy about it. But I, I'm just, I'm, I'm really, really into Star Wars and I, I was apprehensive about this show to begin with because I, I felt like Obi-Wan's story was good. Like I didn't need to see him after episode three. And if I do see him after episode three, like I've been very clear about how I stand on the show, which is I don't like if I had my way, he would not even be using the lightsaber for most of it. Like, it, yeah. I feel like it should just be a very intense internal drama about like trauma and and instead I I don't want this to become a big action show like yeah. uh I mean the work well, that Mandalorian kinda Mandalorian or even you know we talk about his previous filmography and even in terms of exec producing working on John Wick Chapter Three sure. which is I mean, I've, I've only ever seen the first John Wick movie, but apparently it's like those, that series is supposed to be really good. You know, I'm just not sure I want to see the Obi-Wan. Like, I want to, I want to, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm, that, that he's, he's not going to do that again. Yeah. I want to make sure, and not even that he doesn't want to do that again, but that they didn't bring him back in to do that again. To do that. Yeah, absolutely. Like with him having very few writing credits. It's very possible that they brought him in to be like, hey, you're going to do what we tell you. Like, you're going to make the show that we want because you're going to listen to us. You know, you are an exec producer, so you understand how this works, you know, and and we don't we don't really want a screenwriter for this. We want somebody who's going to make what we want. And that is a worrisome uh, possibility for me as somebody who is uh very invested in the future of Star Wars, and I feel like becoming less and less invested every every time there's an announcement. <laughs> uh, Mike, as the biggest Star Wars fan on this podcast, what do you uh, think? Shut, don't ever put that claim on me. That's you, <laughs> not me. That's you, know, not me. Um, yeah. No, I, I I see your concern. I can see the understandableness of it all. I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
usually when somebody comes on for a project like this or any other project in general, TV show, film or whatever, you got to question the background of the writer, producer, whatever. They might have a bad track record, but they, there's a reason why he was hired in the first place. He maybe the proposal. (laughs) Yeah. I was just, there's a reason that he was hired in the first place, but you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a good reason. (laughs) It could, it could be. We don't know that. We don't know the reason. I mean, there's there could be several reasons why he was, but it's just like we don't know what he's. I mean, we kind of do and don't, but we just have to see and yeah. find out. It might be a disappointment, but that's where the franchise is going. It, it's 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 a hot mess. I feel like I guess the reason I'm 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 so apprehensive is because I feel like I just went through this with Chris Terrio on episode nine. When they were like, Chris Terrio is going to write episode nine with JJ. And I was like, oh, the guy who did Batman versus Superman in Justice League. And then I was like, wait, also did Argo. So maybe not. Maybe like, maybe this will work. And um, I don't know how you guys stand on the Rise of Skywalker, but I, I was not a fan. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I've talked about that at length, so I won't go into it as much. But I feel like I just went through this with Chris Terrio on episode nine. So I'm I'm at this point, I'm less... Uh, I'm, 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 I'm less trusting. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just like, I'm ready. I'm ready for the, I'm ready for this thing to happen because it's going to happen. So just let's, let's let the show come out and, and do its thing because get it over with. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've got two other news things in here and then I'll turn it over to you guys to talk, uh, talk about whatever. Um, I only included this because I'm going to yell about this show. HBO is allowing you to stream 500 hours of free programming. Uh, they've got a bunch of shows and movies that are going to be able to be streamed for free on HBO's apps. You don't have to, you don't have to pay for them. And I'm going to tell you right now in list, listed uh, under the shows you can stream is Barry. Barry is the best show on television right now. Please watch it. That's the only reason I'm bringing this up right is because I just want people to watch Barry. Because it is, Bill Hader is excellent. He's amazing. He's created something super, like, I feel like it's super unique. So it's going to be free. And I think it starts today. Uh, starting today, you can go on HBO now or HBO Go and watch um, a selection of shows for free. A selection of shows, movies, and documentaries uh, for free. And Barry is included on that list, and you should watch Barry. So, yeah. <laughs> uh Okay. Any big thoughts on, cause like the other shows, uh, Ballers, Silicon Valley, Six Feet Under, Sopranos, Succession. Oh, I gotta watch Succession. Uh, True Blood, Veep, The Wire. So I mean, I, you guys think we're gonna see more of this kind of thing where, where, uh, networks like HBO are like, yeah, here's free access to our, our, like our biggest shows. As the, as the, as the pandemic continues, you guys think uh- that's gonna be something that happens? I could see decreased like pricing, but completely freeing up their library in yeah. general, I think is probably a pretty rare thing. I don't think we're going to see too yeah. much of that, but I could definitely see like Amazon Prime or Hulu or Netflix yeah. being like, oh, quarantine special and like the yeah. smart people in marketing come up with stuff like that yeah. um, where they're like, oh, you know, get the next four months free like or like for yeah. one month, the price of one month, or, like whatever. Yeah. I could see that kind of deal happen. I think it's, inter- it's interesting that um, 
Game of Thrones isn't on here. No, I was going to say that, that the list they've got is very limited. Like, it yeah. is. Like, the shows, yeah, I've seen that. Like, even Watchmen's not even on that list. Like, yeah, Watchmen, come on. Right. Throw us a fucking bone. Give us some Watchmen to watch. Um, Watchmen to watch. Ha ha. Um, I will say, I liked the Lego movie, too, the second part, and that is on here. So just, yeah, well, there is some quality programs. I was, I was just getting to movies, because their movie list is, uh, ha ha. Uh, you want to watch Nancy Drew in the Hidden Staircase? A lot of their Warner Brothers films are just hit or miss. I mean, I could watch Detective Pikachu Pikachu once again. But I don't know. I I maybe I watch The Sopranos because actually in High Fidelity it gets referenced. Because I'll fight you if you don't. Barry, sure. Barry, it's two seasons. It's eight hours in total. It's an easy watch. Is is Barry going to be renewed for a third season? Yes, it's already renewed for a third season. Yeah, shit. They're waiting on uh, filming. Shit. Okay. Yep. But again, best television show airing right now, so like people should watch it. <laughs> McMillions is under the documentaries, and that's apparently really good. So maybe I'll have to. Watch oh, it. Really good things about that. I yeah. haven't seen myself. That, yeah. No, neither have I. So, I mean, there's some stuff in here. Oh, I watched um, I Love You Now Die, The Commonwealth versus Michelle Carter. Uh, I watched that docu series when that came out. That was uh, that was pretty interesting, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word for it. It was pretty tragic, but um, that was that was like HBO's got the documentaries. You know, I feel like it's something that's not talked about as much as everything else, but they put out some pretty good docu series. All right, I got one more news story before we. Uh, we'll just go over this very quickly before you guys, if you have anything. The Disney slate was adjusted. They moved stuff around. Um, Black Widow got moved to November. Artemis Fowl is going to be uh, on Disney Plus instead of theatrically released. So, I guess. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so all the Marvel movies got shifted. So, the back one. Um, Black Widow's taking the Eternals spot spot in November. The Eternals is taking Shang-Chi's spot in February. Shang-Chi is taking Doctor Strange's spot in May. Doctor Strange is taking Thor's spot in November. Uh, Thor is taking the February 18th, 2022 spot, which we didn't know what that was yet. So we don't know what got moved. Maybe it was Ant-Man. Uh, Black Panther 2 is still going to be debuting in, on May 6th of 2022. And they added Captain Marvel 2 to the set, uh, for the, to the, to the, uh, to the schedule. And that is going to release July 8th, 2022. So. Uh, yeah, Artemis Fowl got taken off. It's going to be on Disney Plus instead. Jungle Cruise got moved to July of 2021. And Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones 5 is now set for the uh, summer of 2022. Um, New Mutants is nowhere to be seen on that list. Mm-hmm. So right. Shame. Yeah, I just want to see the movie. I just want to see New Mutants at this I point. I actually do too. I actually I do want to see it too. You know, I just, I don't care where they drop it. I, I thought I was reading somewhere that if they drop it, if they drop it, it has to go on HBO Max. Which is why really? they don't want to. I don't know. I think there was something with it being an X-Men movie. There was some sort of, there's something, I, I don't remember. Something with the rights, yeah. Something with the rights means that it has to go to a different streaming service if they release it. So. Uh believe there's more 
I believe there's more footage of the Snyder Cut than there is of New Mutants. I think they. <laughs> I, just, I just don't think New Mutants exists as a movie. <laughs> They've just gone too far. They just have to like keep you back. Maybe maybe eventually people will forget about. It. I think the only thing they've shot is the trailers that we've seen, and that's oh, it. Man. Uh, I guess okay. Uh, here, Mike, what do you think of this? The the shifting slates on the on the Marvel movies and the. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's, uh, yeah, New Mutants just, uh, they just fucked us with that. Um, but anyways, the other ones, this seems logical. Uh, they were like talks of like, let's put it on digital, but they're like, you know what? We're just going to move it. And I think it's because, I think it's because Wonder Woman 1984 was moved to August. So that's probably why they kind of shifted it. It was like, if Warner Bros. is doing that, we're going to do that too. Cause yeah. well, they're- also, we now know that they're not going to be open in time for May 1st. Like they had to move it. They, they, they could not release in May because right, I, I know. Won't be but, open, the, you but, know? but, but the thing is they debated whether they were to move it to debate yeah. or put it on streaming, which yeah. they didn't. Yeah. That was I don't the, think it was ever going to go to streaming to be honest. I think they want to make money on it. Sure. Exactly. That's, that's yeah. my thought too. Like even I'm, I'm surprised black widow is being pushed so far, but mm-hmm. like at the same time, if they have a choice to put it in theaters, they'll wait to put it in theaters. You know, something like Black Widow or Wonder Woman 1984, or even Eternals, like, you're gonna make hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Like, and realistically, how many new Disney Plus subscribers would you get if you put that movie on Disney Plus? Yeah. Like, uh, 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 some, probably. Yes. But nowhere near the amount of hundreds of millions of dollars that you could make by just waiting. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I think, I think November's soon. Uh, too soon. Movie theaters aren't gonna open up until what, like maybe the end of July or June, right? June, probably. So, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully June, but I mean, I don't, I don't believe that. I, I, I firmly believe that they're taking it one month at a time so that people don't freak out. But I, I don't think, I think this could last the whole summer. Uh. Cause like all the, all the medical, like look at China. China's just now flattening the curve in, in April. Like, and, and they opened up again and then they shut down immediately because they opened up and it, they had a, they had a, uh, another spike in cases. So I, I, I think they're just taking it a month at a time so that people don't flip out when people are like, yeah, we're going to shut down for like four months. I think that would cause mass panic and they're just taking it one thing at a time for that reason. But. I mean, when you think about it, how many people, like, the reason it's going to come out in theaters is because last year, every single Marvel movie made a billion dollars, right? So why wouldn't you want Black Widow to make a billion dollars? You know, if Captain Marvel made a billion dollars, why can't Black Widow? Exactly. And it's also like a, oh, even more people will like, you know, if they release it around the time that things are starting to open up again, people will do that. People will be like, oh man, when was the last time we saw a movie in theaters? Oh, we should all go do that. What's out right now? What's the big tentpole? Like, that is a big draw, not only for the theater industry, but like, when people are able to go out again, people are going to want to see movies. Like, because that's something that they haven't been able to do. Yeah, I think it's going to go the opposite way. I don't think this movie is going to make as much money because I think people are they going to be really hesitant to go to uh It depends how long they gatherings. wait, right? If if yeah. if things if theaters are open, you know, optimistically August and yeah. they still wait for November, then yeah. I think this will kill. Maybe. Maybe. I my worry is I I'm not worried that people won't go see it. It's that to get a billion dollars you need repeat viewings, right? 
I don't know if people are going to keep chancing it over and over again. I feel like it sure. might become a. I, I th- I'll go right. once. I'll take that shot once, and then I'm going to like play it safe. And and I don't know. I just I feel like I mean, we were talking about think- earlier. Who even knows if AMC opens it back up? Exactly, and it's like who who knows like where like society is going to be at yeah. come November. Yeah. We don't know what society is going to be like in two no. weeks. That's like, true. For all we know, like two three months from now, it'll jet like. And again, that's being very optimistic, but it could like completely blow over if everybody stays home and everybody does what they're supposed to do. Like, so. and medical professionals are still continuing to be able to do what they're like able to do. Like feasibly this could be over in a couple months and then you know everything starts very slowly opening up by july august and then by november people are ready to take those risks again maybe i i hope so i hope so i want to see black widow i hope so too yeah who knows (laughs) i'm i'm excited for this movie something that i don't know if it's discussed in this article or not but something i was thinking of is with all these flips i mean we already knew that there was no way that the uh, Disney Plus shows were going to come out on time because they aren't done yet. Mandalorian was done, but I think that's it. So, I mean, there's no way. The, the Marvel stuff definitely isn't no. done. No, I mean, Falcon and Winter Soldier was getting close, but they were not done, A, and B, they were supposed to come out in August. So there's no way it comes out in August. Maybe they move it back and they hope that they can get it out closer to Black Widow because there were all those rumors that it was going to tie into Black Widow. So. Uh, who knows? I mean, WandaVision and Loki, they already said those were tying in to Doctor Strange 2. So uh, do we see those shows much later in 2021 than they had anticipated because they want to launch them around the same time or to lead into Doctor Strange in November of next year? Um, I think Disney Plus is a little fucked uh, with this. Not like seriously, because obviously it's Disney, they've got the money, but at the end of this year, they were planning like their year two launch event. It was going to be Falcon and Winter Soldier in August that went into the Mandalorian that went into, or no, it was going to be Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier into Mandalorian, into WandaVision, into Loki, just nonstop programming from the end of this year into the beginning of next year. So like their big year two launch event is, is kind of screwed. All they've got is Mandalorian. That they could, and that they have to finish Mandalorian first. Like they have to do post production, which who knows if they can. Like I don't know what the scenario is with that. Um, maybe they can, maybe they can't. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like Disney Plus is kind of their their big year two launch event has kind of been screwed over. Uh, I don't know if that'll actually have any effect on anything. But yeah, I, I, I to be honest, I think Disney Plus like. Gaining new subscribers probably won't be happening as fast without the, that new content. But also, like, I don't think they're going to lose that much. But no. that's just because, like, Disney Plus's library is, yeah, like, insanely big. Like, especially for families and kids who are, like, in, like, elementary, middle schoolers who, like, aren't in school right now and are, like, going to be transitioning into summer. Like, they're going to need something to do if stuff hasn't you know, opened up by summer and rewatching Frozen 2 500 times might be yeah. that. Like, yeah. Or Onward, which I think just yeah, came yeah. to Disney Plus today. Um, I'd have to actually look. But also, um, I, I think that, you know, well, subscriptions may be fine. Yeah, Onward did just come. 
today. Uh, while subscriptions might be fine, I think something to also remember is, I mean, think about November and December of last year. Mandalorian was like the Game of Thrones, you know? Every week, every, like for two months, the Mandalorian like took over the public consciousness and everybody was talking about the Mandalorian for two months. They almost had that for like half of a year. If they were really going to roll Falcon and the Winter Soldier immediately into Mandalorian season two, immediately into WandaVision, with Star Wars and MCU being probably the two biggest, I don't know about Star Wars anymore, but MCU definitely being the biggest franchise in the world right now. Uh, I mean, that's like, that's like having the public conversation on you for months. And, uh, I don't know. I, I think that it's not going to hurt them, but I, I think that they're definitely, uh, gonna, gonna, they definitely didn't want this. They're definitely going to be disappointed that they, they can't have that big event anymore, uh, that they were planning. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know if you guys have any news that you want to touch on from here. We can talk about Zack Snyder did his live commentary of Batman versus Superman. Uh, you guys want to talk about the Snyder cut? Uh, I don't have anything new to add to the Snyder cut. I feel like that's been a conversation that's been happening on Twitter for long enough, so I don't have anything new to talk yeah, about with that. I'm real fucking tired of talking about the Snyder Cut. Uh, Mike, you want to talk about the Snyder Cut? <laughs> no! Thank God. Uh, any news you want to talk about, Mike, Robert? Oh, I don't have any other new stuff, no. Alright, cool. Uh, we are gonna go uh, to a- But- oh, No, go ahead. But, uh, there are some other shifts in scheduling that Sean did not mention. Uh, other films. Did not um, there is, let's see here, from what I got here. Uh, oh, Mulan. Yeah, like Top Gun, but who cares? I I was gonna say Mulan, <laughs> July Mulan, July twenty fourth. No. Uh, Wes Anderson's film, The French Dispatch, is going to October. Oh, 16th. okay, I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, so actually, I kind of see that being a better spot for Wes Anderson than the July. And so, um, let's see, Free Guys moved to December eleventh. Um, mm. they actually released a clip, uh, which is like a. It was very <laughs> tied to what we're going through right now. It was just him in the the apartment. And he's watching a newscast. And he's like, <laughs> "Well, outside there's a there's a chase going on with helicopters, and it's just like crazy out there, man." So it's just like it's very it was a good promotional clip. Um, what was there? I think that's it. Yeah, and yeah, you guys still care about Top Gun, goddamn. I love Top Gun and Top Gun no, Mavericks. Come- I'm I'm excited for Top Gun. Top Gun Maverick is coming out December 23rd, so it's going to be a cruise Christmas baby. We're going to be watching it for Christmas. That's I don't think that's a bad spot for it either. I feel like we this December there wasn't really a big movie coming out, was there? I guess West Side Story. Yeah. But that was really the biggest movie I think that was coming this December, so. There yeah, was so new Star not. Wars, and Avatar doesn't start up until next year, which who even knows what the hell Avatar does. Oh, God, we don't even know what's going to happen, so, but yeah. It actually, doesn't come out. The movie doesn't come out. Uh, <laughs> I, I, James, yeah, James Cameron just gives up, gives up at this point. He's like, God damn, I'm trying to make, make these moves work. This, this is happening. I, I would not be surprised if, or not, not, not that I wouldn't be surprised. I would be very surprised if that movie doesn't come. Um, but I, I would, uh, I would not be heartbroken if it didn't come out. Uh, <laughs> we'll put it that way. I'm, I'm not, I'm not chomping at the bit for more Avatar. <laughs> 
Cool. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. Hey there, Schmodown fans. This is Josh the Merc Rainer, and I am here to tell you about my show, Talking Schmodown. Whether it's Andrew Guy getting hit with a chair, John Roca screaming, Outlaw! Or the emotional retirement of the Shire Wolf, I talk about it all. So you can catch me right here on Anchor and all the other major podcasting platforms. So, as I ask every episode, are you ready to talk Schmodown? I am. Hi everyone, this is Sarah, host of Go Get That Rose podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to talking about all things Bachelor Nation. Join Jay Wade, a man in his 40s who is recently new to all things Bachelor Nation, and myself, someone who has been watching passionately for the past three years, as we review, share our thoughts on each episode of whatever show is currently on TV, whether that is Bachelor, Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise. We might not even know everyone's name, but we have fun nonetheless. You can find us on Merkwood and Movie Blog Feed wherever you listen to podcasts. everybody, Jay Wade and Kaylin here to tell you about SEN Afterlife. It's an after show podcast where we expand on the week of craziness on SEN Live as well as have guests on to join in the fun. Yep, and we get personal too. We do movie reviews and at times we go way off the rails, which I guarantee is always Kaylin's fault. Hey, how rude and not true. So come join us on the Mark with the Movie Blog feed and remember to rate, share and subscribe. And as always, enjoy. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Hey guys, it's Sean. I wanted to tell you guys about the new show I'm hosting, the Harry Potter Review Show. Every other week, I'm joined by some combination of Kaylin, Sarah, and one guest that has never read the books. We discuss one movie per episode and break down what we love about them, what we don't love about them, and the differences from the books to the movies. It's a ton of fun, and I hope you guys will tune in to check it out. Until then, Mischief Managed. And we're back. Check out all those shows. They're very cool. There's Afterlife and there's uh, The Bachelor Show. I don't know what it's called. Go get that rose. That's what it's called. Uh, Through the there Port Key. That's fun. That's a fun show. Um, so yeah, oh, we got to record that tomorrow, don't we? Shit. Okay. I got to remember that. Uh, I got to watch Road of the Phoenix. Um, <laughs> so Mike, why don't you take it from here? Cause you designed this whole, this whole bit. Yes. Yes. Uh, since, um, Try to say at the end of these episodes, and I thought since we are in this isolation quarantine situation. We uh we go through the 2010s, the past decade, and recommend uh, some material, which is maybe movie shows, uh books, comic books, music, video games of any sort to recommend during this period of time. Oh, shit, I didn't do video games. All right, I'm going to need another 20 minutes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so, yes, this is our chance to recommend you guys what you guys can watch, play, read, or what have you. So, going from 2010 all the way to 2019, we'll, we, uh, I have a couple entries for a few years, but I'll be brief with them as much as possible. But if you have one entry, just explain why you're recommending this to people to watch and whatever. So, yeah. All right, uh, you want to start us off? We'll go year by year, I guess. Yeah, go year by year. We'll go by. We'll go through 2010 together and go through each year. Uh, All right, in a circle. Yeah, um, take so, it away. So, uh, I'm 
I'm dropping you guys with the biggest amount of content to watch. 2010, uh, my show, uh, it's a TV show. It's a show called Regular Show. Oh, okay, yeah. Regular, sh- regular Show is a damn near good show. Uh, I love it so much. Uh, it ran for, uh, what is it? Eight seasons? Uh, 261 episodes. So, uh, what's cool about regular show, it's about these two 23 year olds who are working at a park and they go into, uh, much hilarity ventures. Uh, they're, each episode's like 11 minutes long, so it's easy to binge watch this shit. Um, the specials are 22 minutes long and they even did a movie in 20, 2015. It's actually really, really good. Uh, if you like, like, um, weird, satirical, and 80s pop culture, uh, regular show is a show to check out. Sean, what is your recommendation for 2010? Oh God, you had to throw it to me. God damn it. All right. <laughs> well, I wrote down so many things, but I'm not going to read them all. I'm trying to come up with something that's like, you know. Because, like, for a movie, I wrote down the social network. But, like, everybody's fucking seen the social network. You know what I mean? That's not, not a big, uh. Right. Not a big thing. I mean, I, okay, so. For, uh. For TV, I wrote Sherlock. Because. Okay. Like, the BBC Sherlock. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Mm hmm. fucking awesome. Uh. I mean, it's. Benedict Cumberbatch. I didn't, I kind of fell off of it as it went, but that first season specifically is really, 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 really good. Uh, so definitely, definitely suggest that one. And then just to be like on brand, I'll throw out a video game. Um, uh, fucking play, uh, play Mass Effect 2. It's the best Mass Effect game. It's great. Cool. Uh, Robert, what do you have for 2010? Sure. So I I took this some years I did movies, some years I did shows, some years I did music, some years. But like I I tried my best to limit it to just one per year, and I cheated in a couple of years, but mm-hmm. we'll get there. So my 2010 was a video game. Uh, it's a game that I love very 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 much, even though I haven't played it in a couple of years. Uh, it's definitely one that kind of defines 2010 for me, to be honest. When I think of like that year, and that's Super Mario Galaxy 2. Oh. Uh, I'm a big Nintendo guy. Super Mario Galaxy is one of my favorite platformers of all time. The second one is very, very good as well. And I might just replay it thinking about it now. <laughs> I Is that one of the ones... I know they're re-releasing about Yeah, I think that's Mario one of the games. ones that they're talking about re-releasing on the Switch. Okay, that'd be cool. Okay, uh, let's go to 2011. Uh, I have an album. I have a few albums on my uh, list here. Uh... Mind you, these albums I just listened to as I progressed throughout the decade. My first one is Hot Sauce Committee Part 2 by Beastie Boys. This was the last album by the Beastie Boys since uh, MCA, the lead, uh, died from cancer afterwards. So they couldn't uh, do any more. But it's a damn good album. It's really good. Uh, Make Some Noise is the lead song, and actually the music video for it is really good if you're a Beastie Boys fan, because it kind of takes the music video of you gotta fight for your right to party, and they kind of put a twist on it at the end of it, and they'll, it's like a time travel thing, and there's a lot of celebrity cameos. Um, uh, what is it? Don't Play No Games Then I Can Win is also good. Uh, Lee Majors Come Again. 
great, great stuff. Rap, Beastie Boys is my jam. Definitely listen to the album, watch the music videos, give the Beastie Boys some love. There's a, actually a documentary coming out pretty soon on Apple Plus TV, directed mm. by Spike Lee. So that should be interesting. Uh, Sean, 2011? Uh, I picked one that I'm sure that everybody, like, I, I, I got some, as we get further, it'll, it'll be less popular stuff that I'll bring up hopefully. But, uh, 2011, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the first one oh, of the reboots. Yes. Is, that's now you're my talking favorite. My language. I agree. I agree. I, my favorite is that first one, and I just I I feel like that's one that maybe the wrong time to watch it. <laughs> but, oh, I was just saying, yeah, you recommended that people watch it during this time. That's not going to be a helpful thing, Sean. But it is, I think, the best of the remakes, or the not the remakes, the, the, the rebooted series. The reboots, that's it. Uh, the it's the best of the reboots, and I think that it's a it's a really really good movie to watch. Good choice, indeed. Uh, Robert, 2011? Yeah, so the other thing I should note is, like, because I'm sort of the Inner Geekdom guy, I actually challenged myself, and, like, I didn't put a single Inner Geekdom movie on this list. Okay. Uh, uh. Otherwise, like, it, they would be full of them, because then I'd be like, yeah. oh, 2017, watch Logan, and, like, yeah. watch Spider-Verse, <laughs> and watch Harry Potter. Like, <laughs> like, it'd be a really, really boring on-brand list uh, if I included any Inner Geekdom movies, because then I'd just have only those on there. Uh, so I, I tried to extend myself a little bit, but when I did that, I had to cheat a little bit. So my 2011, even though it's a series that ran through the end of the 2000s, through the early 2010s, um, one of my favorite seasons of the show was in 2011, and that's How I Met Your Mother. Uh, oh, season okay. seven, uh, was in 2011, which is a lot of my favorite Barney moments. It's mm-hmm. when he's meeting Quinn. It's a very, very good season. Um, I, it's my favorite sitcom. I love the show very, very much. So I cheated a little bit because it's definitely a mid to late 2000s show at heart. Uh, but 2011 was the year that one of my favorite seasons of the show came out. I can think that I'd love High Mitch Mothers. Uh, good, good choice there. Uh, 2012, uh, I have the, uh, of course, 2012, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from Nickelodeon, the CGI animated show. Uh, it is, after um the transition from uh to get uh Nickelodeon for Turtles, they did this show and it it lasted five seasons of 124 episodes, so you can binge watch that pretty well. It has uh for season which this is interesting too, because if you're watching the show, you'll notice a change in voice actors because seasons seasons one through two, Jason Biggs was voicing uh Leonardo. Uh-huh. And then, and then there's a switch up, and Seth Green comes in for season three th- through five to voice Leonardo. And it was an interesting arc where they had Leonardo fight, and he l- kind of like got a raspy voice because it's a way to transition from a new voice actor, which is pretty uh-huh. cool. Um, Sean Astin's in this, uh, from Lord of the Rings fame, of course. Um, Rob Paulson's actually, uh, interestingly enough, voicing Donatello, who voiced the original uh, Raphael from the 87 series. It's got great voice cast. Clancy Brown's in this. Nolan North. Fantastic. The theme song is great. Um, do not, do not watch Rise. I do not like Rise. Dear God, this new show. Fuck that. Go back to the other Nickelodeon show. It's oh, so good. Great storytelling. Uh, highly recommend it. 
Uh, Sean, 2012. All right, I'm going to cheat on 2012, and I'm going to give you guys a bunch because these are things that I feel very strongly about, um, and I feel like that they're they're popular, but they're not brought up enough, I think. Okay. So, first of all, in the film department, perks of being a wallflower. Yes! Of course. It's on uh, Netflix now. Thank yes, you. Yes, it's a popular movie, and people that have seen it love it, but I feel like it's not brought up quite enough. And Every. it is one of my favorite, like, coming-of-age drama-esque things. Huh. Uh, I love the book. I love the movie. On the TV side, I put down two two that I want to go over really quick. First of all, The Newsroom. Of which course. Is that written Sorkin. by Aaron Sorkin? Yeah. Yes. On HBO, it is... Uh, I really love it. It's one of my favorite television shows of all time. Uh, it only ran for three seasons, and it was like 20-some episodes in total, so it wasn't a lot. But uh, it doesn't get talked enough, talked about nearly enough. And then finally, Gravity Falls. Uh, oh, oh, all Gravity right. Gravity Falls is a Disney XD show, I think, but oh my god, it is like, it is such a good show, and I recommend it to Anybody, like anybody should watch it. It's on Disney Plus, but Gravity Falls, man, that show was fantastic. Fantastic. Mm. Robert, uh, 2012? Yeah, so 2012 for me, like, again, I could put, you know, however many intergeeked movies here, yeah. but like, uh, the, I actually went with a show, and I think it's a show that not many people have even heard of, but it's one that I love. It was an NBC show called Revolution. Um, oh, it was, I remember it, that. Yeah, it was this like post or it was this like apocalyptic show where basically anything that ran on electricity or power was shut off. Mm-hmm. So no vehicles worked at all, no electricity, no anything. Um, anything that like ran on you know any kind of industrialized power was just shut off. And it was it was just two seasons. I think it might be on Amazon Prime now, but I love the show. It's a story about this girl whose father is killed by the militia. Uh, I pronounce that weird, but the militia, and she basically has to like seek out her uncle, and they kind of go through it all together and have a big adventure and try to team up with other people, try to get the power back on, all this kind of stuff. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito is the main villain in it. Uh, oh, who's, okay. Uh, obviously the big bad from the last few episodes of Mandalorian, and he's mm-hmm. into the other stuff too. But it's a really overlooked show. I don't think anybody really remembers it, but I love the show. Great, great. Two seasons. Uh, I'll talk to you later, but <laughs> uh, I got something in the works. Uh, we'll definitely talk about that show in full detail. Uh, tease, tease. Uh, 2013, uh, another album. Uh, I have Daft Punk's Random Access Memories. Uh, it is their... Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Uh, fourth album, uh, cause last, uh, their third album, uh, Human After All was in 2005. So holy shit, oh, yeah, wow. a massive gap. Uh, well, of course, 2010, they did the Tron Legacy soundtrack. So mm-hmm. that kind of counts as a album by Daft Punk, but Random Access Memories is actually a damn good send up to, uh, the late seventies, early eighties American music in Los Angeles. Um, They've collaborated with Pharrell Williams for a couple songs on this album. Really good. And yeah, top to bottom, it's a solid listen to. Um, yeah, lose yourself to dance, get lucky, uh, give life back to music, which is actually a solid song for the beginning. So, uh, put it on, listen to it and have a 
good time. Uh, 2013, Sean. Right, I'm going to continue to cheat because, um, yeah, Mike cheated on my top 10 Disney list, so I'm going to cheat on his uh, 2010s, 2010s recommendations. I have two movies to recommend. First of all, uh, this is going to sound a little bit weird, but Warm Bodies. Have you guys seen Warm Bodies? Uh, saw the movie. Yes. That's, uh, I haven't yeah, that's, seen the show. I, oh, sorry, I mean, I have two movies to recommend. It's one of the Oh, movies. okay, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's so the Nicholas bodies. Holt zombie movie, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like a... Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. You know, it's it's kind of a cheesy, like, romance movie, but with one of the characters being a zombie. Uh, and it's really good, which is surprising, because movies like this normally would not be really good, but I highly suggest it. Um, I recommend it. And the other movie that I'm not actually sure how other people feel about this, but I remember loving it, is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Mm. Uh, with what what Ben Stiller is the lead mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, yes. I really like that movie, so I, I recommend that one. It's interesting because it's a remake of a classic film of the same name, yes. Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah, now you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, 2013, Robert. This was another one of my cheating years where I did a show that obviously spanned many, many years, but this was a year where a season came out that I really love, which is Game of Thrones Season okay. 3. Yeah. Uh, it was in 2013, which it's hard to say is not one of the best seasons of television ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously concluding with the Red Wedding and just everything that happens that season, not just those last two episodes, but uh, Game of Thrones, those early seasons are just absolutely incredible like seasons one through four even five and six and seven i find a lot of enjoyment in um but man season three is just ball or start to finish so that was my 2013 nice nice 2014 uh i have the television series halt and catch fire from uh amc uh it is a show that's uh all about the 80s and 90s of internet and computer culture Last four seasons, 40 episodes. It has Lee Pace, which is a Lord of the Ring fame. Yeah. Um, Mackenzie Davis, who, uh, grew out of this. She's a big star now in, in such films and Black Mirror. Um, yeah, it's, uh, great to see computer culture of the eighties just being explored as they like build a computer from scratch and they have to go against companies and it's just a lot of interesting ways to see it unfold on screen. I mean, AMC does great shows and this is definitely proof in the pudding and it's on Netflix. So 40 episodes is easy to binge watch. So check that out. Uh, 2014 shot. I chose a TV show for this one that is popular, but I feel like it's not popular enough. I chose star Wars rebels. Okay. Uh, I feel like people, I, what I hear a lot is, I love Clone Wars, I stopped when Rebels started. And I personally think that Rebels is better than Clone Wars. Uh, it starts off a little slow, but as it goes on, I think it gets better and better. And I was, when I was making my list, I was counting the entire shows from the starting year. That's how I chose a show. I wasn't going like, this is what season was that year. It was just, this is when the show started. So that's what I, I went with. But um, Rebels, especially as it gets into the later seasons, I think is... Uh, in my opinion, better than the later seasons of the Clone Wars. And I think the characters are more uh, likable. But yeah, I feel like I hear from a lot of people, yeah, I loved the Clone Wars stopped when Rebels started because it seemed too kiddy. 
And while it is kind of kitty at the start, I do think that it evolves and it ends up surpassing Clone Wars, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, Robert, 2014. Uh, so my 2014 was another video game. Uh, I mentioned Nintendo earlier. Big fan of Nintendo. Uh, this one is Smash Bros. on the Wii U. Okay. Uh, this, I, I'm a huge fan of the Smash series. I haven't played the new one on the Switch yet, but like Melee Brawl and this game are like the trinity of my favorite fighting games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when Smash was coming out with a new version, I was all for it, and I spent a lot of my 2010s playing this game. Okay. Uh, 2015, we're halfway there. Uh, uh, so my 2015 is my last album uh, for music. Uh, 2015, I have Tame Impala, uh, Currents, it's a uh, great album. It's uh, Tame Impala is actually like a progressive rock kind of group, and it's led by an Australian named Kevin Parker. Their first two albums are just like rock centric uh, music, but Currents he went a little bit different, did a little, little like synth uh, electro pop kind of synth pop kind of sound to it. Uh, he did this all by himself. He actually went to, into his home studio, mixed the music, recorded all the instruments by himself, and it had all his work, all fresh, all new. Um, Let It Happen is a great song. The less I know, the less I know, the better. Great song. Actually, I played this a lot when I was doing college radio at UWSP, so mm-hmm. I kind of, kind of had a fun hey, time. Hey, alma mater. I know, I know, man. I know. I had to mention. I, that's where, <laughs> fam. I uh, just had to mention that because I discovered Tame Impala because of that. It was just like, holy shit, this is a great album. Holy fuck, check it out. It's uh, pop that sucker in. Just listen to it. It's uh, it's close to an hour long. Just uh, check that fucker out. Uh, 2015, Sean. All right, I chose a book for this year. Okay. Uh, I chose a Star Wars book to keep it on brand. Don't want to get too far off brand for myself. Um, I chose the Star Wars book Lost Stars, which is one of the books that kicked off this new canon that they've been doing. And I think it's the one that didn't get enough promotion. They kind of promoted one of the other books, Aftermath, which was like... Because this was the YA book. Lost Stars was the YA book, I say in quotations. Um, It was about two people that grow up on the same planet. And they join the Empire together. And one of them eventually ends up defecting to the Rebels. And the other one stays with the Empire. And it's about their story uh, throughout the course of the original trilogy. And a little bit beyond. Uh, up to the Battle of Jakku. And I, I think it's probably one of the best Star Wars things um, that exists, in my opinion. I put it up there with most of the movies in terms of Star Wars stories. I think it's... Probably the best book that's come out of for Star Wars since 2015, since they, or 2014, I guess is kind of when they started the new, the new canon with uh, Rebels and New Dawn. But uh, yeah, I I think that Lost Stars was uh, the best Star Wars book they've put out in a long time, and probably one of the best ever in my opinion. So yeah, I recommend that one. All right, 2015, Robert. Uh, so I said I wouldn't put any Inner Geekdom movies on the list, and I will hold true to that, but that doesn't mean I can't put Inner Geekdom video games, uh, which is why my 2015 is Batman Arkham Knight. There you go. Uh, the Arkham video game series is probably my favorite video game series of all time. 
uh, and Arkham Knight is, in my opinion, my favorite game of the four Arkham games. I love them oh, wow. all for different reasons, yeah. and I know I'm in, I know it's an unpopular opinion to say that Knight's the best, uh, but I absolutely adore this game. I've yeah. literally played it through 100%, no joke, at least like 10 times, yeah. um, and it's like not necessarily a short game. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I love the story. I love the gameplay. You feel like you're Batman riding around the Batmobile. Like I, I love this game, and I think that's my last video game. But yeah, sweet. Uh, this is the part where we go to 2016. This is where I get to cheat because I have sub. I have several listed after 2016, uh, except for 2019. Um, but I have two shows listed for 2016. One of them is Timeless, the NBC show about time travel. Starring Abigail Spencer, Matt Launter, who voices Anakin Skywalker. Oh, yeah, in, Matt Launter. Yep. And um, Malcolm Bart. Uh, okay. So uh, it's a show about a team who attempts to stop a mysterious organization from changing the course of history through time travel. Uh, it's, it is one of the best time travel shows in recent history. Uh, I swear. It lasted two seasons. It... it like it got canceled and then it brought back. So the fandom is huge uh, for this show. Um, but I, it's on Hulu for the Americans here. Uh, definitely watch it. It is, it, it goes really in detail. There's, they go through different periods of time. They see, uh, Abraham Lincoln. They go, uh, they see like, uh, the, the inspiration for Lone Ranger. They go to the West. They go to, the 60s Hollywood that go everywhere in time. And there's even like, oh, it's so good. And just check that out. The second show is Voltrod legendary defender on Netflix. Oh, okay. Uh, this, I, this guy is a beast because even though it lasts, it ran from what? 2016 to 2018. This Snapped out eight seasons of shows, uh, which is where is the numbers I need? Seventy-eight episodes. So what they did was on Netflix, each like uh, they did a release over the spring and over the fall. So like season one was in the spring, fall was, and they kept doing it for two years straight to get all these episodes out. Um, this is animated by the people who did uh, Airbender and Korra. So if you like the animation style there, uh, Voltron Legendary Defender is for you. Uh, it's definitely binge-worthy here with 78 episodes because it's a great storyline. If you like giant mechs, Voltron is the thing for you. Uh, great voice cast, by the way, as well. Um, just want to say that. And 2016, Sean. So, for 2016, I chose a video game. It is a video game called Firewatch. Firewatch is a video game where you play as a fire lookout named Henry in the Shoshone National Forest. And it's a year after the Yellowstone fires of 1988. And a month after his first day at work, strange things begin happening to him and his supervisor, Delilah, which you talk to over a walkie-talkie. And it is one of my favorite games of all time in terms of storytelling. Uh, they're going to be making it into a movie. But I feel like experiencing it as a story is one of the most, in, like, it's one of the mo more impactful games I've played. So I, I really highly recommend Firewatch. 
2016 Robert. Uh, this is where I start getting to movies a little bit more. Uh, 2016, again, I would love to put a bunch of IG movies on here, but I'm going with a movie that not is not necessarily my favorite movie from this year, but is a movie that impacts me every time I watch it and makes, like, I think really epitomizes what great movie making can be, and that's The Edge of Seventeen. Um, this is I was one of my say that one. <laughs> this is one of my favorite uh, coming of age movies. We talked about *Perks and Wallflower* earlier. I think this uh, is also really, really, really great movie. Uh, Haley Lou Richardson, who plays the best friend, is a star. Mm-hmm. Haley Sandoval is incredible. The cast in general is amazing, and there are scenes that, uh, without fail, will get me to cry every single time I watch this movie. And I've seen it a lot. Um, but will still have the same emotional weight every time you watch it. And those are the kind of movies that are worth rewatching. So Edge of 17 for me. Yes, 100% I agree. It's also on Netflix, so definitely check that out. Uh, Till in 17, I have three shows to briefly oh, wow, mention. Okay. First, up, first off, Netflix's Glow. Uh, I love... Uh, the 80s, of course, so 80s wrestling with women, starring Alison uh, Brie. I mentioned Betty Gelpin earlier. Uh, Mark Maron's in this, and it's got a great cast. It's got three seasons, 30 episodes. I They just recently did season three, so I don't know if there's a season four. I think they, they, they closed it. I don't know, but it's a good show. Great stories, go great characters, great wrestling. If you're into wrestling, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, definitely check that out. Fourth and final uh, season is uh, it's been renewed. Okay, good. Then you have to wait for a season four when it comes out. If you catch up on season three, um, 2017 was also a great year for reboots, such as Ducktales <laughs> uh, on Disney. Uh, season three, oddly enough, just came out today on the recording on this episode of April 3rd. So, uh, three seasons strong here with DuckTales. It, it takes a 80s cartoon and actually expands it a little bit more, uh, than it did. It is so good. Uh, David Tennant plays Scrooge McDuck. So if you want to hear the 10th Doctor, mm-hmm. uh, check that out. It's, they, they take all the Disney characters, like it, it expands it. I think this season they're doing it more because they teased Goofy from a goof troop. So they're doing that, uh, Chippendale rescuer t- tailspin. I think they're doing all the Disney afternoon characters in this iteration of DuckTales. So, uh, Disney is fucking on fire with us. Uh, and then the last one I'm going to mention is, uh, the Orville, Seth MacFarlane's, uh, parody Star Trek show. Uh, it, it it does trope the Star Trek shows, um, but it does its own unique thing with it. Uh, it's kind of like the way to describe the Orville is like it's Star Trek, but it's mixed with like the Twilight Zone ish, like Black Mirror ish. It has like a twist of each episode. There's a twist of the space adventure. Uh, the cast is great. Seth MacFarlane is funny. Uh, there's great. Oh oh man, I just I I had to like. Uh, I was in television writing script, uh, television screenwriting for class, and I chose this show because I thought it was unique enough to write an episode of, and I actually have like a spec script of a episode I wrote on this show, and just it's worth checking out because if you're Star Trek fans, uh, you'll have this if you're not watching, uh, Discovery or Picard at this point. So, yeah, that's 2017. Uh, Sean, what about you? 
I also cheated on 2017 like I cheated on almost every year. Uh, first of all, just to continue to be on brand, The Last Jedi. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, also, but in like, for real, um, the 2017, I picked a movie and a TV show for the movie. Power Rangers, the 2017 reboot is fantastic. I mean, okay, well, it's not fantastic, but it's really good. It's a lot better than it has any rights, in my opinion. And I think people slept on it because it's Power Rangers. And I really would have liked mm-hmm. to get a sequel, but, uh, I feel like that movie's a lot better than it has any right to be, like I said. And I think it's a fantastic movie. Uh, maybe, maybe not fantastic. A fun, a very fun movie. So you should watch that. And then for TV, I put down a series of unfortunate events, which just wrapped up last year, I think, in January of last year. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. And that show is just, I think, one of the, like, if you were ever a fan of those books, like the show did it perfectly in my opinion uh covered every single book and did it over three seasons and it was really great so watch that uh 2017 rabbit yeah so this is kind of bookending a little bit of sean's from earlier but i had war for the planet of the apes there you go i like that um one. yeah i like this movie a lot so rise is definitely my favorite of the three but honestly if we take out ig franchises uh-huh. if we're talking like franchises and movies the apes might be my favorite franchise uh-huh. um not just the new ones, but like the original five as well. I even find things like in the Burton one, like I love the Planet of the Apes movies, all of them. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that this was a very, very good ending to Caesar's kind of story over these new yes. three. Um, and the action is fantastic. It, yeah, it was kind of, it was billed wrong. I think the, this movie didn't make a lot of money. It kind of bombed at the box office, which is really unfortunate. But I think that was because the trailers all had it to be like, yeah, this big, you know, war action movie. But really, it was a little bit more of like a 1v1 psychological thing yeah. between Colonel, like uh, uh, Woody Harrelson's character and Caesar. But I, I love this movie. I love this entire series. So that's 2017 for me. Uh, let me backtrack a little bit for you guys listening. Uh, I did not mention the Orville has two seasons. Uh, they're doing a third season that's going to be on Hulu. So it's on Hulu to watch. Uh but 2018, I've got two shows, uh, to mention. Uh, first off, I've been watching this since 2018, uh, The Rookie, starring Nathan Fillion on ABC. Uh, it's, he's the oldest rookie in the force, and it just, uh, last time on, uh, the show, our producer talked about this because he's watching it as well, and it's, it's, it's unique for a cop show to, uh, have this dynamic of, action because it has the body cams and the footage alone is so interesting to see in a show. Like you don't see that in cop shows a lot. Um, the characters are great. The story is starting to build up. There's, uh, it's one of those procedurals that are, it's actually worth watching. It is also on Hulu. I think we are up to, if I look here, scrolly, scroll, scroll, scroll for a second here. Uh, I think we're on season two, going on season three. I think it might be season three, to be honest. I'm so, season, uh, two. season two, thank you. I'm just double checking. Yep. Yes, yeah, season two, and yes, yes, yeah, season two seasons, not bad to binge watch. Okay, so then, second show, it's on uh, YouTube, oddly enough. It's a YouTube premium show, Cobra Kai. I still gotta watch that. Cobra Kai uh, is the sequel series to the Karate Kid films, the original Karate Kid films. And <laughs> not, the, not, not that other one. <laughs> not the other one. Um, 
It is a great, great follow-up. Oh, man. Oh, so they bring the original cast back. They introduce new characters to, you know, coincide with it. It shows the rival, uh, the rival, you know, dojos again, and it just continues on. And it's just, I love the Karate Kid films, and this is just a great send-up to the series. It pays a lot of homage. I think I love that the the first episode, there's a scene where they actually take footage from the original film, and it's like an alternate cut. So they had access to the original films, and they just like took alternate cuts that was not in the movie and placed it in the show to make it more like involved with the series that are just they're big the the um the executive producers and creators are big fans of the Karate Kid. It's like their Star Wars. I remember when Clutter Live actually talked to them uh a lot and they just they saw the passion and it's just such a good show. One of the best YouTube shows out there because everything else on YouTube kinda sucks. (laughs) Hot take. Okay. Hot take. Um yeah. Uh Cobra Kai has, I believe, two seasons, and they're working on a third currently. Yes, so it'd be easy to binge watch. I think, um, shit, you might have to get YouTube Premium just to see uh, the show. But you know yeah, what? I think you do. It's it's worth getting YouTube Premium at this point because uh, no ads. <laughs> yeah, uh, 2018, Sean. For 2018, uh, I already talked about Barry as a TV show. It's the best show airing right now, so you should watch that. But I have uh, a movie I want to talk about, Leave No Trace, uh, starting, starring Thomason McKenzie as uh, she lives with her father, who I got to look up who plays her dad again. Uh, but it's somebody it's, – it's, 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 it's Ben Foster. Uh, yeah, so Ben Foster plays her dad, and they both live in like a public park. Like he is a, uh, he, he lives off the land and he's like afraid of, uh, of, uh, of like the government and they get found and it's this whole thing of them, like it's this whole thing of her kind of wanting to go into the world and him being scared to. And it's just, it's a really, it's, uh, I think such a fantastic movie and I think she's such a fantastic actress and it's kind of a heavy movie and it's a, it's a slow movie, but I think it's really, really, really good. And I think you should watch it. And, uh, just really quickly, I'm also going to plug because it gets too much hate. Fantastic beast. The crimes of grid, the vault. I don't care. I liked that movie. It was cool. So you should watch it. Okay. 2018 Robert. This was my biggest cheat. This is the only album I had on my list, although there okay. was definitely some more influ- influential music, just not, you know, top of my list. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose an album that technically came out in 2017, in November, but I didn't start listening to it until 2018. Okay. So, boo on you, I this is my cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I chose one of my favorite bands of all time, Walk the Moon, uh, their mm-hmm. album What If Nothing which uh, has a lot of really, really great tracks, uh, but a lot that were really relevant to me at the time. Like, uh, when I started listening to it in early twenty, early to mid-2018, like, I was in a really rocky relationship, and I was going through a many-month-long, drawn-out breakup, and uh, I was also, like, when I started listening to it, it's still very in love. Like, it's just an album that definitely hit me at the very, very right time, uh, and just makes, like, 
definitely uh, was very relevant to me at that time. So I love Walk the Moon. I love their style of music. Uh, it's both happy and sad and all this stuff. It's very nuanced, and this is a very good album. So what if nothing from Walk the Moon? Okay, and we ended up with 2019. I have one show to cap it off uh, because I looked back at 2019 last year. Uh, there, was, but uh, I talk about this on the previous episodes here. I'm watching Stumptown, which is another ABC show uh, based on a comic book series of the same name, uh, starring Kobe Smothers, uh, everyone's favorite Jake Johnson, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it is currently in season one with 18 episodes. So, uh, please support it because it might get season two. So, uh, it's on Hulu. So definitely it's, a, it's about, of course, Stumptown being in, uh, Oregon. Uh, uh, so it's a Kobe Smoller plays a, a ex, uh, veteran, uh, war hero who has PTSD and she's trying to control that while having a, uh, a disabled Down syndrome brother, mm. um, which is played by an actual person who has that, not mm. someone else, uh, which is really nice to represent that way. And, uh, she's just trying to live life and eventually she figures out that she should be a private eye and she gets to be a private eye and throughout each week you get to see her solve cases and deal as he deals with her PTSD, uh, post-stress, P-S-T-D, uh, all the time. So, yeah, uh, Stumptown, definitely check that out. Uh, Sean, 2019. I cheated a lot in this year. Um, so, t- television, uh, Dead to Me. Uh, Dead to Me starring Christina Applegate and Lynn Cardellini. Um, is a, is a, it's a, it's like a black comedy kind of TV show, but it's, it's really good. And it's about, uh, Christine Applegate and Linda Cardellini who are grieving women who bond during therapy. And it's just a really, really good show. And I highly recommend it. I can't like talk too much more about it or else it'll give stuff away. Also as a TV show in 2019, or it started in 2019, the chef show on Netflix, which is just John Favreau cooking with, uh, wow. with, uh, Roy Choi, I think is his name. Okay. Um, and it's, it's just, it's a fun show to watch just to have on. It's a, it's a good show. And then I have a, uh, a combo book audio drama, Ooh. uh, Star Wars related because I'm on brand. Uh, um, of course. The book Master and Apprentice is about Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon Jinn, his master, when they first became Master and Apprentice and, Obi-Wan was unsure of Qui-Gon as a master and felt like he wasn't doing well enough and Qui-Gon wasn't sure that he was going to be able to teach Obi-Wan and it's all about them coming together uh, forming forming a bond as master and apprentice and the audio drama that relates to that is Dooku Jedi Lost which is about Qui-Gon Jinn's master Dooku and about his fall to the dark side and his uh his demysticism uh or or uh, his his falling out that he has with the jedi order that leads him to fall to the dark side and that's also a very 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 good uh it's an audio drama so it's it's done in a very fun way and it's really good all right uh cap it off for tales of 19 robert all right so this is another show this is a hulu miniseries it's based on my favorite book of all time okay uh, by my favorite author of all time 
So it is the show Looking for Alaska. Uh, oh, the book is written whoa. by John Green, mm-hmm. who is the same author as Fault in Our Stars mm-hmm. and Paper Towns and Turtles All the Way Down and a bunch of other stuff like that of the Vlogbrothers fame on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. John Green is my favorite author of all time, mainly just because I read a lot of his books, uh, which are mostly young adult books. Uh, uh-huh. I read them as a young adult. Uh, so they definitely like it, it's not exaggerating when I say looking for Alaska is my favorite book and it definitely like literally helped shape my worldview. Like mm-hmm. it, it's a book that I feel so strongly about and it was adapted into this, I think eight or 10 episode Hulu miniseries. And the series is, you know, they took a few liberties with the story, but nothing that I didn't, you know, nothing that I hated. Uh, it's just, it's a very bingeable, like the show's content is a little bit deep. It's about this very kind of socially awkward kid, like high school kid who leaves his hometown and starts going to a high school at a boarding school in a different state. And it's about the friends he meets there. It really is about like, it's about relationships. It's about like humanity. It's about like, uh, romanticizing people and falling in love with who you want them to be instead of who they actually are. Like, there's a lot of really, really adult themes in this book and in the show. There's tragedy. There's romance. There's laughter. There's like pranking. It's everything you want. It's going to make you feel every emotion that there is. Uh, and it's my favorite book of all time and it was adapted extremely well. So looking for Alaska on Hulu give it a shot the first couple episodes will hook you in and it's incredible all right that is our recommendations for the last decade uh whatsoever uh if you guys are interested please check us out at the available places and hopefully you are surviving and staying safe during this period of time yeah, yeah. all right yeah you want me to take it away for the ending here sure go ahead sean <laughs> all right. it's all yours cool. now Mike, throwing it right back to you. Where can people find you? Ah, thank you. I could I could just started with that. Myself. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike Mixtape, which is Mike M I X T A P E. I do two podcasts outside of this feed. I do one with our Sean here, uh, Into the Grid, uh, Power Rangers podcast. We're covering Lightspeed Rescue right now. Uh, by the time you hit this, the first episode will be up. Us covering that. And I also cover a similar show in the Takusa genre. Damn, I think I said yeah, that right. Yes. Common Writer W with our mutual friend Tyler. Uh, that is definitely worth checking out as well. Uh, first off, go into the grid at on Twitter. Follow that. I tweet a lot of Power Ranger stuff, Super Sentai, memes, polls, all that stuff. Ride or Die is the Common Rider W podcast. It's uh, anchor.fm slash Rider Die. Uh, Ride or Die podcast on Twitter. And yeah, that should be it. Uh, Robert, where can people find you? Find me personally on Twitter and Letterboxd, both at rbrtprkr98. That's my first and last name, no vowels plus a year. Uh, you can keep track of all my movie watching on Letterboxd, all my dumb jokes on Twitter. Uh, those are definitely the two best places to find me. And of course, uh, hopefully soon in the Shimano. Yes. Yes. Of course. Yes. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore AFK. You guys can also check me out on this podcast feed doing a show called Through the Porky where we watch Harry Potter movies and we talk about them because they're good. Um, 
You guys can find this show and others on the Merc with a Movie Blog podcast feed, which can be located on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Public, Breaker, and Overcast. You guys can also follow Merc with a Movie Blog on Twitter at MovieBlogMerc, and that's also the name on Anchor. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. As we go beyond the screen. Of course you had to do that. All right. Hmm.